The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Boy, did I love the movie Unbroken. Hi there, it's Doc Thompson. There's a new movie in theaters September 14th called Unbroken Path to Redemption. It's the rest of the true story of Louis Zamperini, an Olympic runner and later prisoner of war hero in World War II. It's his life after war. It compassionately shows how he worked through his demons and his anger, and more importantly, found peace with God. Unbroken Path to Redemption is especially timely and is in theaters September 14th. Check out unbrokenfilm.com, unbrokenfilm.com. All right, I have a little piece of audio to play. Before I get to it, I want to introduce uh, Riaz Patel. How are you, sir? I'm good. Hi, guys. Riaz is uh, our old friend, long-time friend. He's not old. Long time. You can't call gay people old. They get so sensitive. Look at this. Within seconds, it's got to come up. I know. Why why does it come up so fast? We have to identify who you are. I'm so proud. You're our gay friend. You're our gay friend. friend. You know, we're so proud of this, okay? I've done this my whole life where I get paraded as the gay friend. (laughs) It's nothing new. It's a role you're comfortable. Shopping with us. Why don't you go to our house? It's like, I just meet someone and they're like, come be my best friend. I'll tell you all my feelings and give me and I'm like we met four and a half seconds ago I want to tell you about all the boys in my life that are wronging me I, I, I know understand. so many feelings right. so many it's feelings keep out. them to yourselves <laughs> Although, to, to uh, help people remember who you are you're the guy who wrote the um, the op-ed piece I think so yeah op-ed yeah. piece was that the day, the morning of the election? The morning after the election. After it was election. just after the election. Which was an amazing piece. It really was, Riaz. I think you laid it out, and I think that's uh, what people are missing right now. Riaz is uh, politically very different than we are, but oh, yes. realized, okay, maybe people aren't all evil on the other side. I got to figure something out, which is kind of the clip we played of Jim Carrey yesterday. I don't mm-hmm. know if you heard the or saw the real time with Bill Maher. I didn't know. So the clip that was going around all weekend, Jim Carrey was like, we've got to accept the word socialism and all things socialism. Yeah. Which, of course, is a huge trigger for me and a lot of people. And there's a lot of bad with that. But Fox News, it was pretty much on a loop and everybody was you know, blasting it. And I was triggered by it. But he said something else. He said, we've got to get beyond this thing that you are your vote. You know, how you voted defines you completely. Number two, just because somebody voted Republican doesn't mean that they're stupid mm-hmm. or wrong or hateful, whatever went down this list. And he's like, even though I don't appreciate Trump, I can break bread with anybody that um, you know, voted for Trump yep. and we can find common ground even, not even compromise, common ground. And I was like, okay, so there's a little more to it. I don't know how sincere he is about that, but that's the right attitude. And that was kind of your message, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that's what, what I've been doing lately is going down this whole path of in this divide, playing in this divide, telling stories and all. Why are people disconnecting? Why are people editing their friend list? And so I, I totally agree. I, I think there's this binary us, them, either or good versus evil is so not helpful to any of the problems. We still have the problems and now we're just yelling at each other. <laughs> right, it's amazing. Like, I think about this this taking a knee and I'm like, I, t- I hear both sides. At a certain point, that was to bring attention to X. We never talk about X. Like, the, the, the stuff now that he's... Now it's just the knee. Now it's just about the right. knee, the flag, Trump's tweets. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but we've pivoted from the actual problem. So I'm about... How do we all sit down together? Because the problems are the same. Mm. They're identical. Mm. And I do not believe my approach is the right one. I don't believe yours is necessarily the right one. But somewhere in the middle is going to be the compromise. That's going to be the gray area. Mm. Yeah, it's funny with the kneeling, too, because I don't think people... It's just a great example of how people are not understanding. It's not... We say the word trigger. Well, it triggers the person. Why does it trigger them? It triggers them because something makes them feel really bad. Yeah. 
It could be, it could be fake. It is, you're viewing it wrong. That's fine. But the point is, a fellow human being, an American, is like, hey, this is really bothering me here. Yeah, yeah. So let's start there. Yeah. Maybe you're over emotional. Maybe you're missing something about it, but you're still bothered by it. Right. I mean, the the triggers happen too fast. I say socialist restrictions. Boom. On my side, if you say a a number of words, hundreds and hundreds of words, you could get in trouble. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're we're so sensitive to words. I think liberals are very sensitive to words. I think conservatives are more sensitive to symbols. The, the flag, the government, symbols are very important. Neither is better. But as I spend more time with each side, I'm like, wait a minute. One side really, really is sensitive to words. Labels, words hurt us. We've been called a lot of words, gay. You know, all right. the bad words, a Muslim immigrant, blah, blah, all this stuff. So I'm very sensitive to words, more so than maybe you might be. But there are symbols Interesting. that I think I find conservatives. The flag is a symbol. It's above all of us. To me, you know, obviously I respect the flag, but it's not a trigger for me. I think we have parallel ways of being triggered wow. that can make us understand each other. The exact way you feel about socialist is the exact way I think someone would say about the word black as opposed to African-American. It's triggery. I'm just saying, let's not be so triggery around each other because the thing is, if we sit down to a conversation and in four seconds, you've triggered me, I'm no longer listening. I'm just waiting to attack you. Right. I'm waiting to speak. And I think that is the biggest problem is people are literally, because posting, you don't listen when you're posting. There's no listening. So the listening part is gone. Ideally, if you're having a conversation, I speak, you nod and listen as you both are right now, and then you will speak and I will do the same. That is the simple, simple thing. And I think that's- We're faking it well. You're faking it beautifully. By the way, I always forget this is the only place in the world that I walk in and I get served a glass of black water. (laughs) And I, 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 you you kept pointing and I'm like, no, no, I don't want coffee. And you're like, no, it's your water. And I'm like, oh yes, in this weird zone, it's black water. Weird zone, by the way, you're right, because this is the only show that offers that. That's right, we're just so bougie that way. (laughs) I felt very bougie since I've been here. So, no, that's a great point, Riaz. I hadn't thought about it that way. I know that from my perspective and people that think like me, you're right. The flag isn't, it's it's not the national anthem. I mean, people, yeah. it's, it means America and it means people who died for America. Yes. It's, it's an entire instant backstory. It's emotion. It's, it's all of that tied up. We all have a story to it. And conservatives generally have, I would say, as I talk to more and more people, an attachment to the military, either by serving right. or, and so for them, that flag is symbolically without above anything because people have died protecting it. Right. Whereas for liberals, I don't know that many people have gone and died for the flag, and so they don't have that. It's not infused with that much emotion, right. but it is valid. I get yeah. it. Both so, sides. So put it on the do. Uh, let's put make that parallel sure. even more pronounced. So I say I'm trying to think of a of a word um, something that would be pro. I guess this would be anti. I guess I'll have to say okay, kneeling for the flag. Yeah, yeah. Um, gay fag. Mm. Right. I may even say that as a joke, right? Oh, this guy's gay, blah, 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 and you tell a joke or whatever. You hear that, boom, instant trigger. I hear kneel for the flag or, or, or during the flag, instant trigger. Those I, are that, that is what because I, it's yes. words, and, and that's a backstory. So gay or Means, whatever. Uh, it hurts me because there's stories. Well, not the so gay the, part, but you said, if you said fag. fag that, yeah. that would be something that I'm like, I remember being called that, gosh, from ages 8 to 20 at right. various points. So it's very emotional for me. It's infused with more emotion as a word than words might be for so you. So it's all stories tied to those scenarios. That's what triggers us. Right. It would triggers us because everything that I see in my life is seen through the point of view of the thousands and thousands of days I've looked at the world through my mm-hmm. eyes. Same with you. I couldn't I couldn't see the world you God, I would not want to see the world the way you do, Doc Thompson. That no, would be you don't scary, want to. scary. Crazy. But you see the world a certain way. Mm-hmm. When we talk, I am trying to figure out your thousands of days and your and vice versa. 
how could you possibly have the same reaction to the word fag when you've never been called it your whole life? Right. And I have the flag. Obviously, I, it's deeply respectful to me, but I've never understood someone dying to actually plant a flag on a hill in Vietnam. I right. can't understand that. So, but I have to defer to you because it's your life experience right. and vice versa. And it's not that hard. Wow, it's that's just really. Not I just I never hard. thought about it. That yeah, where's the bell on that? Damn it! Someone's going to call us out for not billing that. Um, I got yes. belled. Especially, yeah. whoa, and that one deserves a belt. The gay man says it's not that hard. It's going to get a belt. <laughs> I, did, I okay. didn't even hear the innuendo. So, you guys are gifted. I know. It's nonstop. <laughs> innuendo is also kind of an innuendo, innuendo. just so you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, the two of you, when you look together and laugh at each other, it's it really is like fun. watching a couple that's been together for know, 70 years. It's nice. very sweet, but not not necessarily gay, I'm saying, not necessarily. Well, no, we're okay, we're comfortable. Yeah, 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 we're, we're comfortable. comfortable. No, it's funny, too, and that's the reason why uh, if, if I say if I uh, say something, it's a joke or it's satire or whatever, and you go, no, you understand, that's, that's really offensive, mm-hmm. and I say, get over it. I mean, that's going to be if you told me to get over it, I think that would be as opposed to why to me, I always want to know why, as opposed to I think the natural response from people is, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. But no one learned anything. So what about what about if uh, I'm trying to give a scenario? Is there a time and place as well? Even if I so if I say a joke that happens to have a word or an idea that triggers you, uh, is there a okay? I know Doc doesn't mean it that way. Hundred to me, I have had people ask me, "Does your family drive cabs or own Seven Elevens?" And I've not been offended <laughs> because they asked out of complete actual not knowing. Right, right, right. And by the way, so and your dad was a doctor, and my dad was a surgeon. Yeah. Right. So, but by the way, if you were starting as a joke, I would get it was a joke, okay. and I think a sense of humor is a hugely mm-hmm. important thing. I mean, uh, the world mm-hmm. is kind of crumbling in some ways, mm-hmm. and. If we don't look at it and laugh and come together and say, okay, how do we fix the crumbling? That's the important stuff. I think the humor I, here is hugely important. Because on my side, even things that I know would be a trigger. I mean, like, Jesus is a trigger. You don't you don't joke about Jesus. Yeah. You don't make jokes about it. In my house, oh my gosh, growing up, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a line. And my parents joked about a lot of stuff. There's whatever. I can still joke about Jesus. Yeah. What's the joke? You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it... First of all, is it funny? If it's not funny, let's just Well, stop. that's a whole different conversation. That's I mean, all that, funny. Because to me, a yeah. joke that's not funny is just a sentence. Right. <laughs> but I an mean, offensive. You, you an know, offensive sentence. A lot of stereotype country folk that are out there going, all right, these two gays. Yeah. And it's like, there was really no punchline, which leads me to believe you just wanted to wanted be mean. To, yes. Or you just wanted to right. talk about gays. Or what's wanted, that about? Exactly. Like, what's that I about? saw that Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> three times. Three times. Why three and times? I it disgusting every time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I brought some friends to watch the disgusting disgusting? <laughs> but Close, I, lifelong friends. <laughs> I think a sense of humor is key. I... I, I think I like talking about white people sometimes. I like talking about white people. Yeah. So my point is, you can mock even the stuff that I am and believe and hold sacred. Number one is, is it funny so I know you weren't just being an ass? Right. Number two, do I have other reasons to believe you were being an ass? And what's your intention? I can tell from the right. moment you... Are you doing it so we can laugh together or are you laughing at right. me? Right. I can tell that by the way you delivered it. Yeah. And your eyes. And that, that's the problem mm-hmm. I feel is... When we're not talking face to face, we're not looking at each other in the eyes, we can't gauge intention, which is why these posts go off the rails. I've seen, I've literally seen posts go off and I'm like, wait, 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 
Oh, whoa, 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 tone, tone, tone. You don't know what the tone was. Right. I feel stupid sometimes that, I, that I'm that i laying out like it's ruining the joke where I'm like, hey, I'm joking. Winking yes, a emoji. joke is coming. A right. joke is about to you arrive. Know, this is only a joke. It was parody. I feel that all the time. Like if I watch Family Guy, you ever see Family Guy? Oh, God, Family? yes. Family Guy has some amazingly funny scenes. Yes. Amazingly funny. And there's some where he blasts religion and yeah. Jesus, whatever. And there's parts of it, some of them that I've been like, that's hilarious. And others I was like, yeah, that's just you being an ass. Yeah. That's really you, your anti-Christian well, bias. When you're on the, uh, it's funny you went anti-Christian bias. And I'm like, right. is it or is, are we always playing in this line? Like I'm amazed when people go to roasts, you know, comedy mm-hmm. roasts, and they're offended. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you expecting? A that's roast by its nature is <laughs> offensive. And so to me, I guess Family Guy by its nature is, is offensive. Of, right. So when I think you're like, that's an anti-Christian or that's anti-gay and that's, that's a right. you know white majority thinking, I'm like, Yes, or it's a bunch of writers in the room being like, what's funny? Yeah. What's funny? But even even if I'm like personally bothered by that, I'm not protesting. I'm not. I'll never watch this. I just get through the scene and move on and get to the funny stuff. But but I would say I'm in Hollywood all the time. That's why I live and work for 20 years. I've never heard an anti-Christian bias. Yeah. Never. Not in a meeting, not in a conversation, not in a we need more Jews here, we need more Muslims here, or those. I've never heard it. What I've heard is the... The, the looking down at the flyover states. That's the thing that I've always hated. Interesting. The That's, flyover that makes states. makes sense, yeah. But I'm not an anti-Christian so much as they're like, oh, those people in the middle. Yeah. But that I even, I think, after the election, people are like, oh, those people in the middle have a voice and we should probably listen to them. By the way, when I go to those horror movies, I'm often offended because they're so scary. You know, I'm so offended they're so scary. Why are you... You're, no, I mean, that's the joke. Of, oh, you know, I see. But it wasn't a joke. It was a sentence, wasn't it? It was a sentence. It, it? it was because it didn't quite land the right way. But thank you for pointing that out. The experience. <laughs> so embarrassing. I know, I know, you I are know. so embarrassing. No, 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 no. Why are you embarrassing Comedy takes about? vulnerability. <laughs> Everyone's that's pretty. Right. Everyone's Very pretty. Very sensitive here. Very sensitive about it. Why so sensitive? We bring up the gay guy and now you become more sensitive? I, you know you were both sensitive before I walked in. You're deeply sensitive people. No, today I was a very sensitive day. Oh, yeah. It was sensitive for triggered a little bit today <laughs> it's been, been, been a rough couple of weeks but okay um i do want to i want to play a clip for you though yeah uh jamie lee curtis longtime actress uh who was at the toronto film festival mm-hmm. and had some interesting words now i'm going to give jamie a little bit of credit in that i don't think i think she was joking there was a level of joke to it some sincerity to it and she cleaned it up afterwards by saying okay but i've never experienced trauma like everybody else and brought it back a little bit but she said some things that i was a little bothered by listen to this question is for jamie um this is a as question. your role of glory have you ever been affected in your own personal life by playing that role like have you ever felt scared in- <laughs> <laughs> you know life's a little scared i live in america Okay, so she goes off, and this yeah. is obviously the same, you know, Trump and where we're at right now and everything else. Um, that's a little triggering to people on the right. Yeah. You're in a foreign country. You're cracking wise. I could see myself saying that same thing. Yes. But I mean it from a different perspective. It's mm-hmm. like you get a pass joking about people like you. You know, yes. it's, you know, um, blacks using the N-word or rappers using the N-word. They get a pass and yeah. something like this. So I get it. 
But I realize it's because I know I don't dislike America or we're at. And I do think that Jamie Lee Curtis does. I think that she views a country like Canada as being ha ha something we should become. Many, 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 many people do. Um, the, the loud ones, the loud, yeah. loud ones on the left are in this state of constant rage and I mean, I can't even explain it. Uh, you have to sometimes see my Facebook thread to see the despair. And I find some of it okay. Yeah, things are going not the way you want. I understand that. But the despair over what this country is and what it can be and what, you know, I travel and I'm like, you got to be out of your mind if you don't is, think we're the luckiest people in the world. Right. That's my, that right there alone. I mean, that is, and, and, and well, I let's think look at the, diversity for a moment. Yeah. Did you, did you watch the last Olympics and see the Chinese team come in? You know what they had? A lot of Asian people. Yeah. yeah Not so do. many white or brown people or a lot of Asian, almost exclusively. I think people forget that a lot of the problems that we have, and every nation has problems, are because there's so much diversity. There's so much going on. There's so much integration. And that's hard. That's hard. Things change. They change fast. Sometimes we don't want it to change so fast. I think those those perspectives are valid. But I think at a certain point, it's like it's like life. You can look at life and be angry about everything that's going wrong, or you can start from a place of gratitude and say, "Look, this is pretty good. These are things I want to change." And the despair, the rage, the hopelessness—I'm not interested in it anymore. So is I'm not is so much of the rage from the left? Is it the um, one-two punch of losing Obama? Eight years mm-hmm. of somebody they really identified with, mm-hmm. of people on the left really identify with. I mean, not just a good president, but a great president to them in so many ways. And then the 180 of the pendulum swinging hard and fast into their guts. And look, to me, what I've always said about it and what my op-ed thing and the whole work that I've done since literally two years is, what did I not know? Because in that bubble, it was so sure it was going to go one way. And I started traveling and I'm like, something is going on. And I think, you know, when people speak, listen. And things like, whatever I hear people say, this is bad, America's bad. I'm like, that is so horrifically offensive to the people who went and voted with their hope and their dreams for what they thought was best for their family. Maybe it wasn't best for Jamie Lee Curtis's family. Mm-hmm. I don't know what her family needs, but I really think it's an individual choice and the the constant blanketing of the rage of this country is going down the toilet is is not something I'm interested in. Yeah, the people that supported Trump didn't do it because they were trying to stick it to somebody. They were trying to help themselves, their family. That yeah. was their point. And maybe we didn't realize that enough under Obama either. You know, the people that didn't support Obama, people were so triggered by him. People didn't go out and support him because they're trying to be mean to you or do yeah. things wrong. They're trying to just help themselves some way. Okay, let me get a quick break and we'll come back and find out why the heck you're here even. we can find that out coming up next on The Morning Blaze. Oh my gosh, that's so much fun. Riaz Patel, uh, our longtime friend in the studio with us. So why are you here? Not that I'm not happy to see you. I just feel like you usually come and there's something going on. That that you usually that come with true, an agenda. Yeah. Well, I do, that is true. I do that's come nice to Dallas. To it, yes. but he sees through this crap. Yes, he does. Uh, Most people won't call me on that. No, no. I, 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 I come to Dallas when I'm working. So Glenn and I have been working on projects specifically in this divide, playing in this divide. How do we get people to see each other, to communicate, to listen, to not demonize each other? Um, and so we're working on a podcast. And okay. so it'll come out in about 10 days, um, a story of looking at an issue that divides us, school shootings and guns, uh-huh. and seeing if you can look at it from a different angle, a slightly more human perspective that can possibly connect us. And so that's what it is. It's an hour, well, 40-some cool. minute podcast. That's a good one. It's a good place to start with it. Um, what I think is sad and, and actually kind of funny, too, in a unfortunately people died sort of way, <laughs> but with the school mass murders... We keep going right to the guns, and yeah. regardless of how you feel about guns, let's we don't we don't have to have that debate yet. I mean, we can go there; that's fine. 
First, let's make sure the kids are safe. Yeah. So why have we not done more to focus on the schools? Because the gun thing's always going to be triggered. We talk we talk about that in this conversation. Okay. You know, the, the and one of the things that comes up is this either or thinking that I okay. find that we all suffer from, which is we're all going to go after the guns, or we're all going to go after the and it's sort of like either why not both? <laughs> well, we why say, not I both? Say, it knows, every time there's a shooting, mass murder like this, yeah. we bring it up, and the reaction from the right is, was he brown and did he yell Allah Akbar? By the way, that's not just the right. Every single time it happens, I'm like, please, God, don't let him be brown. Please don't let him be brown. Yeah, please yeah. don't let him be brown. Right. Because it does, it impacts my life. And it impacts the, the conversation. the same thing about please don't let him be a stereotype, white, all, whatever. We same all thing. are like, right. please don't let him be me so I get the hits for the next news cycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, which, is, which is the problem. The news cycle is the, like, this happens. And then you take all these kids who are survived, put them on a stage, and then you have this, not a debate, but a Roman Coliseum. <laughs> Like, uh, what was it with the gladiators and the old lions and they eat each other? And I'm like, what is this? You know, as a producer, as a producer who works in reality, I am very careful about what's morally right and not. Right. And I do not understand why it's fat to, to take children who have just been in a traumatic shooting right. and put them on a stage in a coliseum to me felt like a bad producer's choice. I would not do it. I would not You're do right. it. You're right. And it was it was so loved, too. And they're still fan in the flames. And the kids are happy. I, I said on the air, I, I'm not hoping this happens, but I fear something bad is coming for at least one of those um, Parkland kids that were touring around because they had instant uber fame. Yeah. Adored. And that is fleeting. And they are so young. Most people, yeah. even having been on that drug for years, mm-hmm. uh, can't deal with it. No. When that goes away. Oh, my God. That fame thing. I've seen it. People arrive in L.A. Yeah. and then they get bitten by it. And then it's then a drug. It, it, it's bizarre. It absolutely is. And to know what it is and deal with it. You know, you stand on a red carpet and people suddenly flash bulbs go and then you leave. It's part of your job. It's nothing else than that. It, you have to understand that it's it's because I think you're right. When when the, when the politics and the oh. fame mix, it's a problem. All right. Riaz, thanks, buddy. Good seeing you. Talk to you soon, man. Riaz Patel. Hi there, it's Doc Thompson. Thanks for listening to The Morning Blaze. When you have some time, there's another show that I think you should check out. It's the Glenn Beck Program. I think you're really going to like it. Look for it now wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour. On tour this fall. If you hear yourself saying, feels pretty good to see somebody rub their nose in it, you may be addicted to outrage. We've expressed our outrage at everyone and everything that is different. Every thumbs up is like a dopamine surge and every retweet is a serotonin hit. In my new book, Addicted to Outrage, we bring clarity to this addiction. If enough of us can just drop our anger and outrage, we might just stand a chance to heal ourselves. Addicted to Outrage by Glenn Beck. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash addicted to outrage. Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag what I learned today. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.